The Blunt Post with Vic. Good morning, happy Monday, and welcome to The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, the editor and publisher of The Blunt Post. The Blunt Post with Vic is a program that covers national, regional, and local headline news, offers analysis and commentary, and I interview members of Congress, local elected officials, and other high-profile public figures. Here with my producer, Ricky Herrera. Good morning, Ricky. How are you, Vic? I am well. Yourself? Good. Just want to give a shout out to all the dads out there over the weekend. Indeed. And uh, give a shout out to our KPFK listeners who are in the trenches with us during this this early summer fun drive, the kickoff fun drive for the summer. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you all for being with us through the decades, your support, your uh, dedication to um, this institution that's KPFK. We appreciate it, and we we work hard to bring you shows that are dynamic, that are uh, entertaining, that are informative, uh, and hopefully today's will not be uh, an exception. Um, so first, I want to I want to talk about uh, the the passing of Daniel Ellsberg, uh, whom I had the privilege um, and honor to meet just a few years ago. He'd written a book, uh, and. Um, he was giving a talk and I uh, went and met with him. Uh, what a brilliant, brilliant guy. I mean, he was uh, he was just really extraordinary when I met him. But of course, his his life and his legacy uh, are just, uh, you know, absolutely extraordinary. Uh, he is, for those of you who may not know, Daniel Ellsberg is probably the most famous whistleblower of all time. Uh, he put his life, his career, and everything else uh, on the line by leaking uh, what's called the, the, the Pentagon Papers. Um, and these papers proved that the Vietnam War was presented to the American people falsely. Uh, and uh, there were many, many lies by the government, and it was not winnable. And, and for that, he paid a, a very, very heavy price and he ended up for years going through so much abuse and harassment uh, among other things uh, by our own government uh, and he ended up dedicating his entire life to activism um, to bring peace peace activism anti-war activism um, and he is one of the one of the people that I admire as a whistleblower and I I truly um, admire whistleblowers to begin with because they they do the extraordinary. Of course, when whistleblowers release whatever info it is, the counter is very strong and they're uh, maligned and they are uh, sort of called traitors and this and that. But uh, that's not my opinion. I think uh, people like him or uh, Ed Snowden are heroes and should be remembered. So rest in peace, Daniel Ellsberg. You will never be forgotten. R.I.P. Mr. Ellsberg. What a fascinating man and a fascinating story. As everyone listening knows, the Vietnam War, you know, probably one of the most controversial conflicts the U.S. has ever been a part of because we truly were indirectly affected by what was going on in that part of the world. And 
it was a a wipeout of of communism that the leaders of this country had uh, been on that train for a long time and and what uh, Ellsberg did really makes you think about this war in the sense of all the protest that was was happening in the country around that time and i think it really really highlights just how useless this war was yeah can you imagine if um, there'd been a whistleblower about the so-called war in Afghanistan, the one that um, saw, aside from hundreds of thousands of Afghanis, uh, thousands of American troops um, dead in 20 years, and it cost America 2.6 trillion with a T, most of which went to contractors um, to feed the military industrial complex. And what happened? Uh, Taliban is back in power, worse than ever. Uh, people in Afghanistan are not uh, better off, in fact, worse. And in 20 years, we kept this so-called war and uh, saw the death and destruction of so many. So there you have it. Uh, let's be blunt about uh, the military-industrial complex. Uh, next topic is a little bit more local. It's about the... Well, it's about L.A. council member uh, and actually the council president pro tem, Curran Price, who was just recently charged with 10 counts, uh, including embezzlement and perjury. Uh, apparently or allegedly, um, he voted on projects that benefited him financially. Uh, he made the city's insurance pay $34,000 for his now wife. But back then, she was he was married to a different woman. And from 2019 to 2021, his wife received about $150,000 from developers. And as you know, most of us know, a big part of city council's votes come down to uh, development and what gets approved, get green-lighted, what passes easily, and what gets scrutinized. So... Uh, one of the charges is that he was basically uh, working to pass um, uh, developers' uh, propositions, and he was he was collecting money vis-a-vis -vis his wife. There you have it, L.A. City Council. Here we go again. Yeah. So from the the reading I did into this, um, why this really matters, uh, you know, a suspending price um, could affect. The, the South LA district that he represents with no voting representation on the council. The council does have an, an option of appointing a non-voting caretaker or an interim voting member while these charges are, are litigated and stuff, but it's just a crappy situation all around. Yeah. City council, a uh, lot of controversies uh, coming out of LA city council and talk about uh talk about uh, corruption. Uh, I think you have an update for us for from uh, uh, President or former President Donald Trump, right? Yeah, so I read a uh, pretty interesting piece last week from Rolling Stone. Trump is, Donald Trump, uh, former president, is demanding the GOP uh, make a pledge to pardon him. Or there will be consequences. I don't think you're surprised. Uh, Classic I Trump threaten 
uh, cut deals, uh, self-serving. He already knows he's in trouble, so he's trying to like save his, you know, save his butt. Yeah, nothing new here. Just the Trumpian corruption and politics. Yeah, so uh, I got a couple quotes from the article. Uh, this is from a, a, a Republican uh, strategist who contributed to the story. Um, quote, if you're Ron, you find yourself really in a tough situation. Because if you blast the DOJ and Biden, you're essentially defending Trump and admitting Trump was right. If you condemn him, there's no lane for you running on that. And then silence is is equally a bad option because folks notice you not saying anything. The Rolling Stone did try to reach Trump's campaign for a comment on the story. Uh, a spokesman for Trump's campaign sent a response accusing Ron DeSantis of hiding in a hole during the Trump indictment and uh, running a campaign uh, that's driven by consultants. Deflecting, deflecting. So anyways, uh, obviously they're zeroing in on Ron DeSantis because uh, he seems to be the popular GOP candidate at this moment. But who knows? I think Trump's campaign will will build steam. We'll see. Interesting. More shall be revealed. Well, I just have one other thing to report because uh, it's sort of become commonplace. Every week there is one. But uh, there was another shooting. Uh, this past weekend in L.A. and actually in Carson at a house party where eight people were shot, two of them uh, critically uh, injured, just the regular pool party. And uh, this happens. So it's the continuation of this insanity we have where we uh, keep talking about having some sort of a meaningful, uh, meaningful gun control, not taking away anyone's guns, but uh, outlying guns that are unnecessary for uh, civilians and making it tougher for people to get guns, like in you know gun shows uh, and things like that. And, uh, you know, people talk and uh, for a couple of days and then forget and move on. And uh, it's the band plays on. There you have it. We're going to be after this break, we're going to be uh, listening to my interview with uh, uh, Senator Carolyn Manjavar, whom I've interviewed before. Senator Manjavar is very dynamic, uh, very impressive. Um, she was, uh, she became a, a member of the, the California State Senate in 2022. Uh, her background is really incredible. She was uh, in the Marine Corps. She, you know, she got her bachelor and her master's locally at CSUN and uh, UCLA, respectively. And, uh, you know, she's just she's just, a, you know, an incredible person uh, who's been fighting for the average people, the working people, the, the, the blue collars, uh, women, uh, LGBTQ and on. And she, you know, she started the first San Fernando Valley Pride, which is uh, which is coming up this weekend. So, uh, yeah, my interview with uh, Senator Menjivar coming up. The Blunt Post with Vic. Senator Carolyn Manjavar was elected to the California State Senate's 20th district in 2022. Uh, district 20 includes the cities of Burbank and San Fernando and the communities of Canoga Park, uh, Lakeview Terrace, North Hollywood, Northridge, Reseda, 
uh, Van Nuys and Winnetka, among others. Uh, born to immigrant parents from El Salvador, Senator Manjavar served in the Marine Corps from 2009 to 2016. After serving on active duty, uh, the senator earned her bachelor's degree from uh, Cal State Northridge and her master's from UCLA. She now lives in Panorama City with her wife and two dogs. Good morning, Senator Manjavar. Thank you for being on The Blunt Post with Vic this morning. How are you today? Hi, Vic. Good morning. I'm doing good. Thanks. Thanks for taking the time to uh, chat. Uh, I know, uh, well, I'm not going to say no, because unless I work in your office, I don't know. I can only imagine how busy you are with just your your standard uh, elected official stuff. And then right. we've had some, you know, unexpected things come up in the Valley. And then there's Pride coming up. And we just sort of went through LA Pride and we have Pride, and I learned today that there was a Tahanga Pride where I grew up. So, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> but 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 needed, right? I, I, absolutely. I was just uh, thinking, you know, Tahanga have come a long way. Yeah, and I started my Pride um, recognition uh, celebration or fight at Tahanga back on June 3rd. So it was a really kickoff, nice kickoff to the month. That's awesome. That's awesome. What, let's go back and just talk about your office. It's been a it's been a few months since we've spoken. What's happening? What's um, what are some highlights um, you're working on? Yeah, I mean, so what's happened since we've talked is that we got our bills, 14 bills out of the Senate. Uh, they are now in the assembly. So for these past couple of weeks, I've been doing the whole process all over again. Everything I did in the Senate, I'm now doing in the assembly. So that means. I'm presenting all my bills again in policy committee, going through that process. Um, and then all policy committees will end um, on July 14th, right before we go on into our summer session. So it's going back to our talking points, what worked, what didn't work. Do we need to amend something? Um, what adjustments? So it's the cycle starting again. Wow, that, that sounds like a lot of work. Um, any any uh, any highlights? Any good uh, uh, stories, if you will, or things we should for look forward to? You know, I and mean, we're we're in the middle of it all. You know, I mean, I'm excited that I got 14 out of my original 16 bills out. It's a good number. Um, you know, it's a lot of things around uplifting our most vulnerable, right? But a lot of my bills have a budget request asked to it. You know, if I'm asking to add more money to CalFresh, then I need a budget to earmark some of that, right? So, you know, we're, I'm blessed also and honored to be on the budget committee and I chair budget subcommittee number three on health and human services. So I have um, a foot in the conversation, a foot in the door, if you will, as a chairperson, uh, because I get to talk about uh, the priorities under health and human services, which is children, our folks um, living with disabilities, our seniors, you know, people who don't have drinking water, uh, children who need access to hearing aids. So it's prioritizing all of those. And, you know, if you and I were to had a million, we had an endless amount of money, all those would be priorities because they're really important things. But in a budget deficit year is figuring out how to use the money we have now um, in an equitable manner. Yeah, it's a pick and choose kind of a thing. I understand. I don't envy you. 
This is the Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. Uh, I am your host, Vic Jarami, and you are listening to my interview with California State Senator Carolyn Manjavar. So let's go back to Pride. I mean, Pride's, uh, you know, it's been sort of, I don't want to say non-issue, but it's been sort of fabric of what we do every year. Uh, you know, all over the, the U.S., the world, et cetera. But this year, all of a sudden, uh, it's kind of been shadowed by um, uh, by what's happening in some of the school districts, uh, including L.A. Unified School District. Um, we had an incident at Satakoy, uh in North Hollywood that uh, became very, um, I don't know, out of control is the word to say. Um, I think some of that is coming out of naturally parents are, are concerned and parents have questions and, and such, but uh, some of them also are sort of uh, listening to disinformation, misinformation, really not checking facts for themselves, whether it's just the law itself, uh, reading FAQs that have been provided. And out of that has come this sort of a, just this backlash that's been, it's very unfortunate. Um, I just want to get your take on it and your perspective on what happened. Yeah, I mean, this happened in my backyard, in my district. North Hollywood is part of my district. And, you know, I am an out lesbian state senator, one of two only state legislators in L.A. County who are LGBTQ+. Plus right? Um, two in LA County, where we have the largest LGBT plus community, we only have two. So it's, and we haven't had one since t- about 2016, I want to say, an LGBT plus representative from LA County representing us up in LA County. So, you know, it's a lot of work that we're looking to uplift on uh, two shoulders, but I'm so honored that just this past Two weeks ago, actually, um, uh, L.A. County Assessor Jeff Prang brought members together who were who are LGBTQ plus and council members of Duarte, of El Monte, of Huntington um, Park, you know, brought all queer leaders of L.A. County together and sat us down and talked about what what can we do to uplift, you know, the community? What's the next steps? You know, how can we create a bench um, to get more LGBTQ plus members elected and so forth. And I say that and connecting it back, connecting it back to North Hollywood to say is that um, the work is still needs needs to happen. When I went to the counter protest and I supported my community, um, it was not just as a state senator, it was as an individual, as Caroline, because they're protesting my very own existence, right? As just a human being. Um, and when I saw their was something I didn't think I was going to see since Prop 8. I I had never been exposed to that kind of hate since Prop 8. Um, and it, it shocked me to my core that I was going to, that I saw this in my backyard. And then we saw Glendo, a neighboring city, but in Sunland Tahunga, people were getting a lot of hate. You know, um, I have a small business owner same-sex couple who are being harassed, who are being assaulted, um, who are being robbed um, constantly because they're same-sex and they're business owners. Um, you know, the they, the most recent incident, an individual was arrested and charged with a hate crime because how bad it's getting. And how do we find the support to elevate them? At Satikoy, 
um, while we had people on the other side screaming, saying that it's not that they don't like LGBTQ plus individuals. It's just that you can't mention it in schools. It, it's a it's a mask they're hiding behind because you can't say, oh, you're I you're you can be gay. Just don't be gay around me. That doesn't make sense. Like conditional, conditional equality. Conditional. That's thank you. That's the word. Um, and when I was younger, you know, I accepted conditional uh, conditions to my existence because I thought it couldn't be better. But, you know, as I grew older, I recognized, no, I deserved 100 percent. So there's no condition. It's all um, of me or none of me. Right. This is the Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. Uh, I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and you are listening to my interview with California State Senator Carolyn Manjavar. Yeah, there are people that you talk to, and of course, everyone starts it by saying, oh, I have no problem with gay people or queer people or LGBTQ folks. My stylist is gay and my, you know, my gardener is a lesbian and my, you know, whatever. My interior designer is trans, whatever. Right. And, uh, I go to gay bars, I have a good time, blah, 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 blah. And then, but then sometimes they'll turn around and say, but it's just when they put it in your face is when yeah. I... You know, and I, and I go, and I usually say, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? Oh, well, I was at the airport waiting for my husband to come home from like Orlando. And there was this guy with flowers waiting and this other guy came out and they hugged and kissed. And, you know, I had my kids with me and stuff. And that's like putting propaganda. I'm like, wait a minute. That was a straight couple. Would that be okay? Yeah. So why isn't it, you know, exactly. the same good for us? It's, uh, you know, lately... You know, in, in all these decades of progress, a lot of homophobia is now sort of in that gray area, right? It's like different percentage of homophobia. And some people actually truly believe they're not homophobic until something like this happens. And then you see that come out. Yeah. Uh, it's it, that gray area comes out. I always say, okay, you know, you love your gay people and you're okay with the, you know, all LGBTQ and that, that. but would you let like a, a gay person babysit your kids and that stops them in their tracks or i'll say if your daughter is getting married and you have a cousin who's gay and he's likely to bring a date would you invite him yeah so it's and that makes a lot of people realize that there's like deep-seated homophobia where we're not equal and i think and this is not originally my statement someone said it and i remember it that LGBTQ movement is the is the movement for the right to be average. That's it. <laughs> average. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I I can imagine that as a you know huge weight on your shoulders as a, as, a, as, a, as a senator um, and also as a, as a lesbian there. I think yes. people probably come at you with, with their own biases or think that because because you are a lesbian, you would be biased. You know, no one has said anything to my face yet, but we have started to see things on social media, you know, and that's where the cowards are, with all due respect. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, um, we're finding posts about, well, Senator Menjavar is a groomer, a pedophile, 
you know, we need to vote her out because she stood with the counter protesters at Sadiqo Elementary, right? Um, and then, you know, I'm like, how are these more majority of these people don't even live in my district, you know? But I know the majority stands on the side of on the right side of history. The majority in the San Fernando Valley in the city of Burbank stand with the LGBTQ plus community um, and ensuring that we're going to get our rights. Um, so, you know, I, I'm leading not with no fear, you know, leading from the front as much as possible, which is why I'm excited to say just this week in like five days, Vic, um, this Saturday is the San Fernando Valley Pride, our, a, a march not a parade. It's going to be a march. A march united in resistance is our theme to ensure that people know that we exist, uh, to ensure that people know that we're united and we're going to resist against all the attacks, all the propaganda that's coming down against my community. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the social media people, usually aliases and no pictures, <laughs> sitting in a living room. And uh, and unfortunate, unfortunately, a fringe few tend to be very loud. So it seems like there's a lot of people, but it's it, there are the minority, as you said. They're not the majority. But, uh, you know, it's a reality that we have to uh, live with. I remember just like five, six years ago, we were questioning, uh, you know, do we need to do Pride anymore? <laughs> and I think there were people who suggested, oh, we, we don't need Pride anymore. And yes, we do. Uh, you know, unfortunately. More we, than ever. It, it'd be great when um, Prides are uh, sort of irrelevant, right? Uh, it just becomes a non-issue, but they are. So let's let's talk about uh, the San Fernando Valley Pride. It's the first. It's the inaugural, and it's not. It, it's been produced by you and your office. Yes, you know, I've before I was elected, I held even during during pandemic, I started the Pride caravan. We got in our cars, you know, obviously six feet distance. We couldn't walk amongst each other, and we decorated our cars and we drove along from Van Nuys to uh, Mission Hills. Um, and each year we made it bigger. We added a resource fair, a drive-through resource fair at the end, the second year. And then the third year was a walk-through resource fair. Now in this position, I have the ability to put to bring together so many different resources <coughs> and create this parade. I mean, this March. This March where I brought um, and have partnered with local LGBTQ plus individuals from Somos Familia Valle to the San, Fer the San Fernando Valley LGBTQ Center and bringing these nonprofit leaders together and say, we're going to do pride together to show the valley that we're united. Because you see, we were seeing little things here and there across the valley. And I wanted to make sure we brought our power together. And that's what we did. I'm excited to bring this resource to the community because it's in the minority communities that we need to really focus our energy. We need to bring the representation and awareness to our minority communities um, because this is where the education needs to happen most. In my Latino community, in the API community, in the Black community, the Armenian community, this is where we need to have these conversations. So I want them to see us exist. We're going to be marching down Van Nuys Boulevard. We're starting on Van Nuys and Sherman Way, um, just a little south of Van Nuys and Sherman Way. And we're walking just one mile. Mm -hmm. But you can bring a bicycle, a tricycle. You know, you can be uh, on a scooter. Just join us 
um, in this one mile march to the Van Nuys Civic Center where we'll have a block fest. Um, where we'll have entertainment, resources, um, an ability to showcase some of the LGBT, LGBTQ plus heroes of the San Fernando Valley. We wanna build community. Mm -hmm. um, and this is the first time that something on this level has been led by queer individuals. We've had similar events like this, not led by queer individuals. There's so much power behind that, Vic. And I want uh, LA City and LA County to know that San Fernando Valley is still standing together, united in resistance. Absolutely. It's even more important this year. I'm excited about it. This is the Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. Uh, I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and you are listening to my interview with California State Senator Carolyn Manjavar. For for those listening, it's um, give us the day, the date yeah. again. So it's this Saturday, uh, June 24th. Uh, we're kicking off at 12 p.m. on our march. Again, it's about an hour, uh, it's about a mile, uh, depending how slow, fast we walk. But it's going to be, you know, we want to make sure that people were, were visible. And then the block fest starts at 1 p.m. at that nice Civic Center. So this Saturday, June 24th, 12 p.m., come join us. If you can't make the march, join us at 1 p.m. at our block fest at the Van Nuys Civic Center. All of this is happening on Van Nuys Boulevard. Sorry to, to cut you um, off. Uh, is there a website people can go there to? Is, uh, there's sfvpride.org. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, that's the website. Gotcha. Okay. I'm uh -huh, sure maybe. If they Google maybe Valley Pride, it comes up. I yes, love your does. I love your motif, your theme. It's a very 70s retro look. It is, yes. Because, listen, it feels like we're back in the, the 50s, 60s, and 70s. We're, like, having to fight for our civil rights again. We're doing wow. this decade dance all over again, and it's a dance that I thought I was never going to have to dance again, but here we are. Here yeah. we are, and I've chosen partners in the Valley to do this dance with and, and stand united. Absolutely. Sometimes, you know, you step, you, you take a few steps forward, and then, Universe makes you uh, take a step back and uh, we'll overcome this too, I'm sure. Uh, Senator, before you go, I know you're pressed uh, for time. Anything you'd like to add? Any sort of call to action, if you will? My, my call to action is if you're an ally, you know, be an ally not just in June. Because I'm a lesbian 365 days out of the year. I need an ally 365 days out of the year, not just this month. If you've marched in any parade out of L.A., we hope, but you're not joining us in July and August, like that's not what Ally means right now. We need allies who are going to stand up, who are going to elevate our voices, share this event, uplift, donate to nonprofits who are doing the work like Galas. Galas is an Armenian LGBTQ plus organization um, who's looking to uh, close that bridge. Somos Familia Valle uplifts, L uplifts LGBTQ plus youth. Um, the San Fernando Valley LGBTQ plus LGBTQ Center. Say that a thousand times. Um, San Fernando Valley LGBTQ Center. Yes. <laughs> um, they do advocacy work at our schools. They're the ones who were there at Sadiqo Elementary School and held conversations with our police department and what it means to be safe. These are activists that need our support, need their voices uplifted. So that's my call to action for everyone here is be an ally every single day, not just in June. And I hope you can join us this Saturday. Oh, yeah. 
I, I love it. I, I look forward to it. And absolutely, you're totally right. If you're an ally, uh, don't be just an ally quietly. We need your voice. Uh, we need your, your activism. We need you to be loud. Um, and also, um, activism is not cheap. So support <laughs> activists, support these organizations. Um, there's so many, uh, you know, just in Southern California doing the great work. Uh, well, Senator, I look forward to seeing you soon. Uh, yes, see you soon, Vic. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll chat later. Awesome. Thanks, Vic. Thank you. Thank you, Senator Manjavar, for uh, being on The Blunt Post with Vic, for your time, for your uh, inspiring story and the work that you do. Good luck on uh, the inaugural uh, San Fernando Pride. And uh, I hope to chat with you again soon. Before we go, I'd like to thank my producer, Ricky Herrera, without whom this show would not be possible, and KPFK, the station that brings you unfiltered and commercial-free news, opinion, and hopefully some inspiration. Thank you for joining me today on The Blunt Post with Vic. For more information, please visit thebluntpost.com. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Vic Jarami, at V-I-C. G-E-R-A-M-I. Thank you. The Blunt Post with Vic.